Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Sometimes no is the right answer. We're not a culture that likes to hear, let alone to say, the word no. But as any parent of a young child can tell you, no is a pretty important word for our safety and our sanity. We like to imagine that we are limitless. How many outdoor sport companies, soft drink commercials, and computer advertisements use copy like live without boundaries? We like to pretend the possibilities are infinite, especially those of us who identify as progressive often bristle at rules at systems, at boundaries. Today's lesson from scripture give us boundaries. I am the Lord your God, you shall not. Our English language makes the Ten Commandments a little flatter than they are in the Hebrew. The original language, eight of the ten start with the word no. The grammar doesn't translate well in English because it would read literally, no having other gods, no murdering, which is okay, but then you'd get on to no adultery-ing. Our language makes the translation tricky, but know that thou shalt not is a linguistic compromise. In these ten or so commandments, God tells the people no, again and again. No. We carry some reluctance around the Ten Commandments. I've seen some of you fidget in your pews as we've recited them at the beginning of the service up to this week in Lent. Never fear, next week we make it past the halfway point, and so we start with the summary of the law. But some of that reluctance around the Big Ten, for me, comes from not wanting to associate with the culture warriors. From a judge in Alabama to lawsuits by the ACLU, the Ten Commandments have become a rope in the tug-of-war match that is American religiosity. And part of me wants the folks who are so concerned with erecting stone monuments to simply read that bit in the commandments about not worshiping graven images. Let the monuments go. But as with most things pertaining to faith, I don't want to let the culture warriors have the last word not on the meaning of God's commandments. The judge in Alabama and I may have very different interpretations of God's commands, but we agree on something fundamental. Human beings are far better when they pay attention, when we pay attention to the divine no. We are healthier and lead fuller lives when we can accept some boundaries. This morning, I want to talk about the spiritual gift inherent in the word no. What would lead the psalmist to talk about the statutes of the Lord as something that might rejoice the heart. I intend this morning to touch on both the personal and the societal dimensions of the blessing of boundaries. First, the personal. Throughout this season of Lent, a group is gathering here at Holy Communion each Wednesday evening to talk about discernment. 
We spent much of the first week just defining the word discernment. We're looking at various characters in the Bible, at their experience of God's call in their lives. And we're thinking about life's big decisions and the kind of choices that shape a biography. What career do you choose? What college? Who do you marry? Where do you choose to live to set down roots? Uh, discernment is the practice of opening up those big questions and all of the little questions that build up to the big ones. Discernment is the spiritual practice of opening our questions up and spending time with possibilities, listening to how God might be inviting us to move. And discernment is an art, not a science. And so we're looking at how some of the characters in Scripture heard God's call. The short answer is that for most of them, God had to call again and again and again. One truth about discernment is simultaneously frustrating and freeing. In order to really say yes, to say a deep and lasting yes in the midst of one of life's big questions, we often have to say a lot of no's along the way. Let me give you an example. It's obviously true in marriage. We promise to forsake all others and to be faithful. To be married is to say no to the full development of other relationships. At times, these no's can feel like losses. It's true. It's better to be honest. But from my own marriage, I can say that the yes of a marriage commitment is deeper, fuller, and more life-giving than I could have ever imagined. Loving another person and committing to that love, partnership opens something profound in life. All of the no's open a deeper and fuller yes. Discernment works similarly around questions of career. We often have to make sacrifices for the sake of our work. We won't all be Renaissance professionals. Very few people are MD, PhD attorneys who also dabble in sculpture and poetry. Most of us make sacrifices, and many of us make sacrifices in our work for the sake of our families. I once had the privilege of attending a graduation with a family of one of my immigrant parishioners. His family wept big, happy tears that day, partly because the student's parents had to leave behind their own educational plans in order to provide for their daughter. She honored her father and mother as she received her bachelor's degree, cum laude. Discernment in life often involves not only saying yes to God's call, but saying no to all sorts of other potentially fun, enriching, and engaging opportunities. To deeply say yes, sometimes we have to say no. Before I leave the personal behind, I do want to touch on one particular commandment in the list. And this commandment is the first that does not begin with the word no. Remember. Remember the Sabbath. We need to be told to remember what we are prone to forget. Remember that your whole life is not about your work, about productivity. Remember that your time does not belong only to your job to your employer, or even to you. Remember that others have a claim on your hours, your family, your friends, your God. If you are a manager, 
Remember those claims are also true for your workers. They should have a full life beyond work. The healthier and fuller life is outside work, the happier employees tend to be on the job. Remember Sabbath is important. Sabbath is also about saying no. Saying no to being constantly available via email or text message. Sabbath is about saying no to the weighty, anxiety-inducing responsibilities, at least from time to time, for the sake of enjoying life, loving others well, and having time to rest and reflect. Remember the Sabbath. When we exercise the spiritual gift of saying no well in our personal lives, it helps us to be healthier participants in the wider society as well. Boundaries are important in a healthy society. The researcher and writer Brene Brown, an Episcopalian, was recently interviewed by Krista Tippett for NPR. She said something profoundly theological in the interview about our interactions with one another. Here's what she said. I don't think being our best selves is simply what's possible between people. I believe that's what's true between people. And I don't think we have to work to make it true between people. I think we just have to get the stuff out of the way that's stopping it from happening. Think about that. A major researcher in human behavior has said, being our best selves isn't something we really have to work at. Instead, she said, we have to get the other stuff out of the way. What is that stuff? I want to contend that that stuff is as old as the Bible, older even. Lying, cheating, murder, covetousness. Brown says that according to her research, people usually act from their lesser selves, they violate covenants and boundaries, not out of ego or avarice, but out of fear. We are afraid of one another. If I worry I'm going to be cheated on, well, then I better cheat first. We try to avoid pain. We end up causing pain. So, Brene Brown says, if we're going to make progress as a society, if we're going to make it out of the mess in which we find ourselves, we have to learn to trust one another. We have to get back to the basics and to trust. And we're going to have to agree on some boundaries. I believe that part of the pain we're feeling at this moment, part of the societal unrest that we're seeing, is the public recognition that boundaries have been violated. For decades, we have treated women as sexual objects in the workplace and in the town square. We teach that all people are created in the image and likeness of God, and yet, we have treated some with less dignity. Black bodies are more heavily policed and incarcerated. LGBTQ people are more likely to be assaulted and their aggressors exonerated. We are at a moment where we are recognizing boundaries which have been violated. A moment where whole classes and categories of people are standing up to say no. No. No more. Sometimes the word can be heroic. 
and healing and bring wholeness into society. All of us will be healthier for this work. Our society will be stronger when women are heard, black lives matter, queer people are honored. Our society will be stronger when kids in school don't have to fear guns. But the work is far from over. We will have to continue to hear and to say no to old habits, to traditional ways of being, and to hateful repression. On a hill outside the old city in Jerusalem, there stands this Catholic basilica called the Abbey of the Dormition of Mary. It looks like a big castle. The structure is a monastery. It's a building full of monks who live by this rule of life from the 6th century. Those of you who are in our adult forum heard about Benedict of Nursa, the founder of the order. And they honor their founder with this statue above one of the chapel altars. And the great rule giver is seated up there above the altar. In one hand, he's holding a scroll. And his other hand is held firmly forward like a crossing guard saying, stop. The Benedictines regard the rule of St. Benedict as a gift. I'll admit, I still have a love-hate relationship with rules. I admire the Dalai Lama who once said, you must know the rules well so that you can break them properly. (laughs) Yet that image of Benedict above the altar also captures my imagination. I suspect the monks may be onto something. There's a certain gift to divine boundaries. How can we receive the word no from God as a gift? This Lent, could we practice saying no, that we might also learn to say yes more deeply? Amen.